Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout college and the NFL for all you Debbie League, Campus to Canton, and Dynasty fantasy football managers. We're just three friends who spent all our time talking fantasy anyway, so we figured why not get a few mics and capture our conversations. My name's Rick, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Josh Pecoraro and Jacob Ellis, a.k.a. Jealous. Welcome back to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. It's your boys, Josh, Jell, and Rick, back again for what will be our final divisional breakdown of this uh, pre-2021 season. We are very excited for this one, both because it's a fun division and because it is the last division. Uh, this has <laughs> been a, a long stretch of divisions, and we are excited to get into some other topics after this, but we will be covering the uh, exciting NFC West today. Loads of talent, lots of players to to get into. Before we do that, we've got a couple other topics to touch on, but uh, before getting to the news, Josh Gell, how you guys, uh, how you doing? Let's start with you, Josh. Doing good. Uh, recording on Tuesday this weekend, I went to my first forward Madison soccer game. It was actually a blast. Ooh. So they won two to one and uh, been looking forward to going to that for a while. So it's the other football. Uh, <laughs> they had uh Selling 32 ounce beers there. So oh, I had a Great Dane hazy IPA that was just Oh my glorious. God. Shocker. <laughs> just <Hazy> glorious. <laughs> it was so good. And that cup was just ginormous. I felt like a boss just sitting there drinking a 32 ounce beer. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, a solid two <laughs> pint in a, in a cup. My, I love going. Now, this is obviously a different sport, but minor league baseball games going for, you know, they have just like these all those wacky, you know, promotions where they'll like I went to one game and I was in San Antonio for a work trip. I went to a Round Rock. Uh, I don't know if it was whoever. I don't know who the affiliate team was, but that was when they were playing whoever the Padres double A team was. And that was when Fernando Tatis and uh, Luis Urias were both still in the minors in that Padre system. And that night they had $1 brats and $1 beers. So I, uh, yeah, can't beat that. (laughs) It was a, that was a hell. So that was, that was on a work trip. So that was one of the, one of the perks of, of when I was traveling for work, that was pretty cool. Hashtag not a minor league soccer or baseball podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nope. Josh, uh, are you drinking another 32 ounce tonight or what do you got? No, I'm just kind of taking it easy tonight. No I, more, uh, not, not, had no quite more a bit to drink to <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, no, uh, no more cock. A little hungover the next Oof. day after that, but uh, just, uh, just sipping on a nice black cherry white claw. So just keeping it classy. Nice so summer classy. day here in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so, yeah. really classy. Top you- notch. <laughs> yep, gonna get white girl wasted. Hey, <laughs> Jell, how about you? I am working on, so I figured NFC West, San Francisco, uh, you know, we took our trip to San Fran and San Diego, us three, a couple years ago, and felt like I needed to get a little bit more of that beach vibe back, so rocking a Corona. Yeah, all right, drinking that weed. Drinking that. I thought you found a way they're, to get more of... Uh, I think it's Constellation Companies or something. I believe that's their parent company. They do actually have a large amount of capital in a... I don't know what the weed company is or it's if it's in development or what, but they are heavily invested in marijuana or cannabis as well. So, 
you're not wrong. The more you know. Exactly. Yeah. Just little little, uh, little little uh, education for our listeners. Yeah, if nothing else, you can say you learned something today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Even if it was just like a half-assed something. Yeah, I did. I don't know that much, <laughs> but it's something. Jell, I thought maybe you found a uh, Coronado Island orange wit beer that you drank the entire growler mm-hmm. that one night. <laughs> no, that's on my beer shelf that you guys can see right behind me on the Zoom. Uh, yep. That was a oh man, that was that was a night. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> uh, what you drinking, Rick? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I also was thinking NFC West. So, what better than a Molson Canadian Lager out of wow. Montreal? <laughs> You, hey, Seattle's close to Vancouver, which is in Canada. In the same country as Montreal. So it's, it's basically it's, And the same. they're both in North America. Yeah. So Look at that. <laughs> really getting regional on this one. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's tasty stuff. I uh, don't remember how I acquired it, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's basically Molson and Labatt. Those are the two uh, Canadian yeah, beers that yeah. are available down here, at least in terms yep. of macro brews. Yep. Yes. Yeah, not a not a ton of Canadian micro brews hanging out in Wisconsin. Uh let's uh let's jump into some news. We'll get into some some preseason takeaways after that, but uh first things first, we got to talk dolphins. Uh there are reports saying that Brian Flores wants to use a three running back committee, which is the worst news for fantasy owners. That would include Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, and Malcolm Brown. Uh it, does this do anything for you guys besides make you upset? Well, no, I mean, it, it screwed. So I was already kind of down on Gaskin in general, just looking at his ADP before I heard this. And then I saw, you know, I was watching that game to see how Tua and, you know, obviously Justin Fields, and then also to see how Tua would, uh, how he would perform in his second year to see if he had improved at all. But I also noticed that Malcolm Brown is the one that got the start, and Gaskin played a lot played pretty i think he was getting time in the third quarter or at least deep into the second so no i mean it looks like at least based on that report plus evidence from week one of the preseason that yeah it's gonna it very well could be a true three back committee which just that just screws everybody yeah i'm not I wasn't very big on any of the dolphins running backs prior to this news the only one i think that i might roster at this point in time and that's strictly in a redraft league that has a deep bench is maybe just like a Malcolm Brown to get some goal line work and possibly punch in a touchdown here and there but I I'm staying away from their backfield this year yeah I'd agree I I won't have any of them anywhere but if I had to I'd I'd still take Gaskin just because of the age factor but uh yeah I don't I don't want any part of it thanks Brian Flores uh, let's go on to some good news. Uh, looks like Antonio Gibson is going to be McCaffeinated this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, reports coming out that uh, the goal with Antonio Gibson is to use him in a Christian McCaffrey-like role in Washington, which is exactly what every Antonio Gibson truther has been waiting for. Hopefully he can stay healthy and just dominate this year. Uh, I, I'm pumped about it as a dynasty yeah, what, owner of Antonio Gibson. So we worked out this trade, and you had offered me. We worked out a trade uh, with you know the AJ Brown, CD Lamb, and other pieces trade, and Antonio Gibson was one of the players that you offered, and I would have reciprocated with another player, and I turned it down, and I just went with the smaller trade. 
of whatever we, you know, our, our pick swap and then AJ and CD Lamb swap. And now I am very strongly regretting that decision. I wish so bad after hearing this. And and he's looked really, from, again, I watched that part of that preseason game and he looked really good. He looked dynamic and they're going to be using him in the passing game just like McCaffrey would be used. So disappointed in this so far. For me, yeah, I, for a missed opportunity right. on my end. But any yeah, any Gibson I, owner should be thrilled. I don't I don't remember what exact trade we were talking about, but uh, yeah, I'm thrilled with how it turned out. Now, um, Josh, I know you're a big Gibson fan. This is exactly what you wanted. Yeah, I have him in our keeper league, so I'm I've got I guess a tempered excitement right now, where I want to see it first mckissick is still there Mm -hmm. he ate up a lot of the passing work last year so i like that it's coming from one of the quarterbacks the players as opposed to a coach just kind of hyping them up so that gives me a little bit more hope i still want from a beat reporter which would be even less credible yeah yep so that's the only thing that i'm a little bit more excited but again i i still want to see it before i start just going crazy sure yep absolutely um some some quick bad news, but not that big a deal. Uh, Chase Claypool got dinged up in practice today. At first, it seemed like a maybe scary situation, but it sounds like it's pretty minor, and he will be back soon. It's not a huge deal. Uh, Tim Tebow got cut. Woo! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> what a, Cue Michael Scott. No! No! God, no! Please! No! <laughs> Shock in the world. Tim Tebow Shock getting cut. Shock the nation! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah this uh we all knew this was going to happen especially after that atrocious block attempt in uh in oh the no there were two there was the two? one where he was the pulling he was the pulling tight end which that was that he looked like a bowling pin and <laughs> then there was there was one where he had to make a block up the middle and the defensive lineman basically just like tapped his shoulder and he just like he ended up like twisting and tipping over to his left so he just he a doesn't know how to block. Didn't even seem like he really tried. I am I am thankful for Urban Meyer's sake that they decided to cut him because if they kept him in for a second preseason game, it would have just been it would have just been worse. So yeah, yeah. And I think the only reason he was even had any business even being a tight end was only because Urban Meyer was there. For I sure, don't think anybody would have given him. <laughs> shot in the world. Know. He yeah. wouldn't have even gotten that far. Yeah, let's see Mike Tomlin give Tim Tebow a shot at tight end. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Um Jealous wanted me to bring up this piece of news. Uh the Saints have signed Kevin White, former Bears early early first round draft pick. Josh, how you feeling about this? You're a big Kevin White fan. <laughs> oh, huge, huge <laughs> Kevin White fan. No, he he was a great college player at West Virginia. Um very athletic kind of a freak but just never translated to the nfl he literally could not stay on the field he would come in and get hurt three plays later and then be out for the season and i think he only played in just a handful of games had hardly any catches i don't even know if he had a touchdown but this is uh yeah no i'm not (laughs) not looking to draft him or even have him pinged on waiver wires or anything like that this is just a non-news i was more surprised by this signing honestly (laughs) than when the um 
shoot, I forget who it was, brought uh, Kelvin Benjamin into camp this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, I, I think they end. brought him in as a tight end. Yeah, because he, you know, as soon as he made his his rookie money, he that's when he put on his, you know, freshman 15 was <laughs> as a freshman in the NFL. <laughs> So, yeah, he blew up like a balloon. But, yeah, when I saw Kevin White, I was like, wait, what? I thought he was, like, working in insurance or something else by now. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, not all stories have happy endings. And speaking of uh, sad endings, uh, Josh Rosen has been cut from the 49ers uh, after being the 10th overall draft pick by the Cardinals back in, what was it, 2018? And then uh, having his his fall from grace, not having a great rookie season, getting traded to Miami. And then signing with the Niners and getting cut from the Niners. I mean, good That's for the sad. good for the Cardinals for getting a second rounder from Miami for Rosen. Yes, that's yeah. uh, that's yeah. not that's a pretty that's sweet amazing return given given what's <laughs> happened. But yeah, man, top ten pick uh, back. Yeah, it would have been the year before Kyler was picked. So yeah, I believe that would have been twenty eighteen. Uh, he's in that same draft class as Baker, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Yeah. So obviously he's the worst of those five. Uh, but good God, I mean, he's uh, can't even be a third stringer for the Niners. So that's not right. not that's pretty rough. I I don't know what what more to say other than that. I mean, is he the biggest bust since Jamarcus Russell? Given that he's a top ten pick, at least amongst you know QBs or or relevant players, certainly could be. I feel bad for the guy. If I remember right, he had different coaching staffs and offensive schemes like every single year from high school until the NFL. Yeah. The the whole time was inconsistent coaching for him. So I, I feel bad. He maybe could have had a much better career, but just was dealt a shitty hand. Well, I go back Um, to, I go back to one game. I would have been his last year at UCLA when I was down at, I was down at my buddy's lake house and they were playing A&M. They were down by, like 28 or something and they came back to win 41 38 in a primetime game and rosen looked like a boss and i thought that was kind of gonna be you know like his coming out party and that was really that really was his peak between college and the nfl so it's it's sad man thought he had a lot Mm -hmm. thought he had a lot to bring just couldn't get her done well, let's uh, transition from that depressing story over to uh, preseason performances out of Actually, the rookies. Actually, Rick, one, one you got thing some really takeaway. Qu- oh, just one thing really quick. After listening to our <laughs> fucking a, man. After, just just after I want just really quick after listening to uh, the episode that was released on Tuesday, you when you took Tyreek Hill, you said normally I don't like to do this, but I'm gonna take a boom bust wide receiver. Your three receivers were Tyree Kill, Nicole Hartman, and Henry Ruggs. That is the definition. Yes. So all of your wide receivers are boom bust players. I just, I just yes, thought I was that generally... was something that I wanted to bring up because that was hilarious. And yeah, yeah, that uh, that draft went not at all the way I would have wanted, aside from getting Justin Herbert and a good tight end. So uh, <laughs> yeah, given the players available and where I was put in the draft order, I did not have a lot of choices. But yeah, that was uh, my least favorite team I've ever drafted. Uh, maybe besides when we did, what was it, the AFC East? Well, I mean, that I gross. think that everybody hated their teams after that, yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, preseason. back to the preseason rookie performances. Uh, Joe, why don't you tell me about Trey Lance? 
Okay, so his numbers looked really bad. He, it, you know, 5 for 14 for 120-some yards. 80 of those yards came on 180-yard play uh, on a, you know, but it wasn't a busted coverage, but it was designed where Shanahan had him roll out to the left, and then he threw to a receiver on the right, down the right sideline. Little underthrown, but he was open enough where he was able to catch the ball and score. Uh, so the five for the five for fourteen doesn't look good, but there were three drops, and there was a fourth ball that would have been caught if it was if he was throwing it to Debo, Ayuk, or Kittle. So I think that that needs to be taken into consideration. I mean, I thought overall he was pretty accurate. He looked a little erratic, especially early, but I think the upside is clear that, and his upside is that he's going to be better than Jimmy G. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, uh, did you see Justin Fields? He had a pretty good day. Sure did. Yeah, it was kind of out and about, but had YouTube TV up on my phone, so I was watching his first couple drives. Looked a little hesitant and nervous at the beginning, had what could have been easily an interception and then also kind of a fumble that went out of bounds that he lucked out on down the sideline the first half, but came out firing in the second half, had a couple of nice runs, eight-yard rushing touchdown that they said his speed on that touchdown was the fastest any Bears player had ran in like know, three <laughs> or four players? years. Bears like player the, as a whole? Bears wow. player oh, as a whole. Yeah, he was in the 20-mile-an-hour range on his that reminds me of michael then, scott when he runs by the uh runs by that <laughs> speed that speed trap thing. <laughs> speed trap yep. 31 31 <laughs> but otherwise said uh passing touchdown i mean geez jesse james couldn't have been any more wide open i mean there wasn't anybody within 20 yards of him the defender i think fell down at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> must have so, honestly hey at least he it wasn't a 10-yard overthrow like some of the former quarterbacks would Kissing have done. Kissing so. <laughs> Right in the numbers. And, yeah, you know, I, every episode. So, yeah, he looked good. I think the one quarterback, that rookie that surprised me the most was, stat line doesn't really show it, but, man, Zach Wilson looked good. He was firing the ball in there, had some good reads and progressions, and he looked pretty solid. I was there. actually pretty yeah, surprised I, about Zach Wilson, just given that I, I didn't know how he was going to handle – you know, because when he was at BYU, yeah, he could make those pocket throws, but he's again he's playing against smaller defenders, against smaller linemen, and he's kind of a smaller quarterback himself. So I kind of expected right away that he would be kind of you know erratic, trying to run out of the pocket and all that. And he really he stood in there and made some really sweet throws. So I was pretty impressed. Yeah, yeah, I think this is what the Jets were hoping for. Um, sounds like you know camp has been hit or miss, but that's been true of all of these rookie QBs. So. For him to come out and perform like that in a preseason game, that gives Jets fans a lot of hope. Um, Mac Jones had a quietly effective day, just like you would expect from him under a Bill Belichick system. Yep. 87 yep, I, I just, I, I see, you know, I see Patriots fans going absolutely fucking crazy saying, you know, wow, he, like, he really wowed me out there. And it's like, did he, like, 87 yards passing over five drives, does that really wow you? I think that's exactly what and we also, could yeah. expect. It doesn't give me any wows, but like, I would never expect anything wow of wow material from him. So, If I remember right, that was on 13 completions, which would put it at about six yards per reception, which is atrocious. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they kept, they, you know, every highlight that you look at, if, if you're, you know, watching SportsCenter or whatever, NFL Live, it's it's all dump-offs and underneath throws. You know, he... He made it. He made one sweet throw on a on a deep comeback route on the left side, and then he had one sweet throw up the middle that was about 15 yards. But you know, 
right in the middle of the field. Other than that, it was mostly dump offs and stuff. So I, but it yeah. was it's what I would expect out of Mac. That's why he was the fifth quarterback drafted here. I'm not expecting yeah. much of an upside, but this is what you're going to get with him. Yeah. Uh, other other top notch quarterback. I suppose we kind of glossed over Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, what, I don't what is know. there to say about him? I you know I think th- I think this Urban Meyer. Hey, we're going to have a true QB competition. I think that's all bullshit. He did that. He said the same thing in Florida when he was at Florida with Tim Tebow, and that was when Cam Newton was there. Uh, but that was also when Tebow was in his heyday. You know, he wasn't going to start anybody over Tebow. So this is just what he does. I I don't I wouldn't I just don't make much out of you know him saying this we're gonna have a QB competition and if you just watch the if you just watch that game Lawrence just looks bigger better more athletic looks just the part where Gardner looks like a sixth round pick for a reason yeah I mean I'm not you know happy to say it but I I would say that uh, Trevor Lawrence looks more like a gazelle to Gardner Minshew looking more like a donkey. Like I wish that that wasn't the case. Check I like I like Gardner. I I think he's a fun personality, and I I hope he has a Ryan Fitzpatrick esque career because uh, that would just be really fun to have him around for a long time. But yeah, let's let's get real. It's just Trevor the, Lawrence it's is, just it's it's him in the jorts, man. That that yeah. image and the, will the, live the, on forever. The the mustache, mustache and the jorts, the handlebar uh, and the jorts. Oh yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yep, good times. Uh, any other rookies you want to touch on before we jump into uh, divisions here? The only one that I wanted to, the only other game that I thought was of significance was the Saints, given their QB competition. Um, you know, just both Taysom Hill and Jameis looked really bad. <laughs> I so, <laughs> but Marquez Marquez Callaway did look like he was the clear top receiver out there without Michael Thomas. So I I think his stock is skyrocketing. If you own him in Dynasty, if one of you jackasses happen to pick him up and fucking off the waiver wire in Dynasty, I am pissed off, And but good for you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, that was me. I picked up Marquez like a week ago or so. And, I'm so uh, yeah, jealous it, right uh, now. It is sure looking good right now with Michael Thomas. Although Kevin White may be coming for some snaps. Fucking <laughs> Kev, oh, yeah. man. Show. Story of Bull, success Bull right Kev. there. Well, Kev... Uh, let's let's jump into the NFC West here. Uh, this will be a fun one. Um, let's let's change up the order a little bit. Let's let's start with a really debatable position at the tight end spot. Um, I'm assuming we all have Max Williams at number one here. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, locked former and Gopher, so we have to, right? Yeah, and just for the listeners who don't know, Max Williams is a Cardinals tight end. Uh, and Understandable just that they so wouldn't the, know that. Yeah, yeah. So, so the way we're gonna break this down is obviously dynasty format. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go back to our tier system. We're gonna say week one starters, flex fill in guys, bench sashes, and guys to just keep an eye on on the waivers in case you need them. Uh, so, I think it's safe to say we all have George Kittle as a week one starter and a top two or three tight end in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Who do you have at number two? Josh, hit me. Um, mine's kind of a toss-up. I I've got Gerald Everett there. I think he's gonna be a lot better in the Seattle system. Russell Wilson likes to throw to his tight ends, as we had touched on in a little bit earlier on episode in our sleepers. I believe that was your sleeper, Rick, was uh Gerald Everett. 
and I just like his prospect more. I've got him in more of the flex fill-in role. I don't have him in that week one starter as I do George Kittle, but I think he's somebody that you could comfortably plug into your lineup. He's going to have some bust weeks. He's going to have some weeks where he gets a touchdown, but I think you'll be happy more often than not. And then Somebody else that I kind of have is in that flex fill-in spot, but more of a bench stash is Tyler Higby. He was pretty hyped up last year in that Rams offense and just kind of just had a kind of a crappy year. But I think he'll have a little bit better year. Stafford likes to throw to his tight end, so I see a little bit of an uptick in his production for you this year. But I got Gerald Everett over Tyler Higby. Jill, you agree there? Slight disagreement, but I could I I. I also I flip flopped on this originally. I had Everett over Higby, but I flip flopped just because I think that Higby is probably the safer play here. What I so I put I put Higby in as a week one starter, a low end week one starter, but I have him above guys like you know Mike Gesicki uh, and and possibly Robert Tunyon. It helps obviously that Tunyon has Rogers back, uh, but I would still probably put Higby over Gesicki, just knowing that Stafford is he likes to throw to his tight end. Uh, you know, T.J. Hawkinson g- has been going off. Eric Ebron, when he was still in Detroit, he had so many opportunities. He just didn't know how to catch balls, uh, but he got a lot of targets. So I see Higby having top 10 probably a top 10 top 12 tight end year so probably on the lower end of that spectrum but somebody that you can start week one i've got gerald everett in that flex fill-in role with the hope that eventually i could move him up into a starter role i just want to see it first yeah that's fair i think but i mean everything both of you said makes total sense i I'm slightly on the draft side and that I'll take Gerald Everett and the upside of the Seattle offense, but all the arguments for Higby make sense too. In both of their case, I think they fall in that tight end, you know, nine to 14 range and odds are one of them's going to end up being a regular starter for a team and the other might be, and also might just be a flex fill in when you need him backup tight end kind of guy. So, uh, yeah, they, they certainly fall very close to one another and it's anyone's guess as to who's going to turn out better. Uh, and then, honestly, Max Williams is the next guy to mention. I would put him in the waiver wire category uh, because I don't expect the Cardinals to really use a tight end like at all. They're going to be four wide more than every other team in the NFL. So I I don't see a big role for any tight end, just like there wasn't last year. Any opposing thoughts there? No, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, Dan Arnold was there last year, and every once in a while he'd have a touchdown. They just don't really like to utilize that uh, tight end spot very much. So, yeah, I've got Max Williams as my next tight end up in the waiver wire segment. Yeah, waiver. my waiver wire guys are Max Williams, Will Disley, Bryson Hopkins. Will Disley. Uh, I forgot about Will Disley. Yeah, I, I just have him in oh, a yeah. waiver wire spot in case Gerald Everett completely fails. Uh or gets hurt or something, then they're going to have to, th- you know, Russell Wilson's going to have to throw to some tight end. So I put him in there as a waiver wire, just somebody to watch in case of uh, an Everett injury. And then I I put Bryson Hopkins in there as somebody maybe to watch. Uh, he's 24. He's he's uh, Tyler Higby's replacement or, you know, it, an injury replacement. I don't think he's going to shine, but if Higby gets hurt and you're in a desperate situation and, you know, 
we see Stafford is going to still love going to this tight end, then maybe he's somebody that you could consider rostering, but that's a deep waiver wire watcher. Very sure. deep for me. Nice and deep. Yeah, you, you do like to go deep. Mm. That makes sense. Get in there nice <clears throat> and deep. <laughs> yeah, so what a wonderful transition that was. Uh, let's <laughs> let's go over it's to... For all you dodgeball fans out there. <laughs> Let's uh let's go over to running backs. Let's change it up. Uh man, right. throwing me off. I know. I, I'm I'm trying to throw you off your rhythm. Uh so the running backs are a little different this year because uh I have just a I put Cam Akers in red on mine because, you know, he's hurt and he's gonna stay hurt for a while. But he would have been the RB one for me here. So I mean it's worth calling out like this being a dynasty, he's someone you have to hold on to. And maybe if you have an IR spot, you can you can just drop him there. Or if you're drafting, you, if this is a dynasty startup draft, you still have to draft him. And it's really hard to say where makes sense because of the delay. But uh, what before we get into the rest of these healthy guys, what do you guys do with Cam Akers here? Yeah, I mean, I would have put him in tier one if he was healthy, obviously. Um, so I put him in tier three as a bench stash, but that's really tough. I mean, it depends how you... It, it, are you planning on, it depends on how you want to build your team through the draft. If you want to build a team that you want to win right now, then you probably won't have a chance to get him. But if you want to build a team that's ready to compete two, three, four years from now, then you should go after him and just know, and just again, like what, like what Rick said, throw him in that IR spot for the year, knowing that you're going to have to do that. And and then what, what you can do once you throw him in that IR spot, you're going to have an empty roster spot, and you can maybe pick up that top waiver top guy on waivers that's left over after the draft is done. Uh, so it depends what kind of strategy you want to do, or that if you want to compete now or if you want to compete down the line. Yeah, I agree completely with you, Ellis. I have him in my bench stash right now, and Eric, he would have been absolutely the number one running back in this division had he been healthy. He just really scares me. It's not like it's an ACL injury. It's an Achilles injury, which is Worse. quite a bit harder to come back from. My um, Marlon Mack is coming off of that, so I'm curious to see how Marlon Mack looks this year once they get going. But, yeah, it's one that if you have him on your dynasty team right now, you're just going to have to sit and hold him. Like you guys touched on, if there's an IR spot, throw him in there. He's somebody that maybe you could try and throw into a trade package with somebody else if you're just trying to just get away from him. But, I mean, his stock's down so much right now, you can't really trade him yeah, by you're not. You're not going to be getting peak value right now. If we're no, talking no. redraft, obviously, don't even <laughs> – I don't want to – I'm yeah, just don't. saying – don't, Don't be do an that. idiot and be like, oh, my God, Cam Akers is out there. And no, you say that and hype so him up somebody so somebody else, else does it. Him. Yeah. Well, you don't be that guy. <laughs> no. Nope. Don't be that guy. Uh, let's let's jump into the, the healthy running backs to work with in the NFC West here. Uh, I, I'll kick it off and I'll say that the guys that I have left for week one starters are Chris Carson and now Daryl Henderson. Just by, you know, default, Rams are going to run plenty, and they've said that Henderson seems to be the guy so far. So I, I would feel okay plugging him as a, as an as an RB two uh, to start the year. But Chris Carson should have a good year. There's not a lot of competition for him. Rashad Penny has never been able to stay healthy. 
uh it, he might be able to get there early this season but uh yeah i'm i'm ready to fire up carson as a top 15 running back you know closer to that number 15 but top 15 so, so that's you that so you throw him into an rb2 ideal rb2 role Lo- yeah much rather have him as an rb2 and if he is my rb1 then that means that i am loaded at you better be loaded know, at receiver or, wide or have a sweet ass yeah. tight end or something too yeah. yeah that's what that would mean yeah if you're if you're sitting with uh Carson and Montgomery as your RB1 and 2, then the rest of your team's probably in pretty good shape getting into there. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm fine plugging in both of those guys as week one starters. Uh, any issues there? No, for the lack of uh, <laughs> moving on, yeah. those are the exact order I have in both uh, week one starters for me and the only two I had in that category. I, th- I throw Henderson into, like, a. F- I would rather have him be a flex player than an RB2 runner two. Uh, just because I, I, we've never seen him in a full-time role. It seemed like they wanted to the first time that Akers got hurt, but they still were splitting carries with him and Malcolm Brown. So I think that he could turn into an RB1 or RB2, you know, always, you know, we, you know, starting him every week. But I want to see it first with the Rams that they are going to commit to him 100%. And it camp reports show that they probably will. Uh, but I want to see it first. So right now I would put him in that flex fill in and a high end flex, I guess is where I really would put him now, but he could easily move into that tier one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course we'd all rather have him as a flex. I'd rather have Saquon as a flex, but I don't think that's (laughs) going to happen. Uh, (laughs) so if we jump into the rest of the flex fill ins, then, um, Josh, who else do you put in that category? So my next three, and actually the only three I have in that flex fill-in role right now are, well, actually there's four, I guess. There's somebody that's kind of on the borderline, but my next one up is Trey Sermon. Not right at the beginning of the season, but I think he's going to end up taking over that starting running back role and be the guy in San Francisco. Following up with Chase Edmonds, I even though James Conner's there, I have James Conner down two spots from Chase Edmonds. I'd rather have Edmonds for the passing game work. He's a lot... Um, younger, not as injury prone. James Connors had trouble staying healthy the last couple of years. So I like Edmonds there. Uh, I've got Raheem Mostert followed up there. He's been really solid. If you need a running back for just like one year, not as much for dynasty, he's 29 years old. So he's pretty much at the end of his shelf life of the running back position, but he's had trouble staying healthy too. So i followed up with James Conner, who's also had a lot of health issues. So those are my next four guys. James Conner, I've got kind of more in the bench stash just till I kind of see how that running back room shakes out in Arizona. But I think he's somebody you could potentially throw in there on like a bye week if you've got other guys out. Jail, you thinking along the same lines? I would say I'm thinking on pretty much the exact same lines here. I've got Sermon as my top uh, flex fill-in guy, uh, you know, outside of – outside of Henderson, but I have him as a firm flex villain. He's eventually going to become that number one back, but, and I think that he can turn into a week one starter, but that may not happen until we're, you know, halfway through the year or until Mostert gets hurt. Uh, so then right behind Sermon, I've got Edmonds. Uh, he's fine as a flex player. I'd rather have him be a bench stash, uh, you know, or, I guess really flex fill in is the is the perfect spot for him. He can fill in definitely on those bye weeks, uh, and I, there's the concern of James Conner 
possibly taking away some work from him, but I think that Edmonds is going to very easily show that he's the better back between those two. And then I've got Mostert, again, in that same flex fill-in role, uh, but probably for only the first half of the year until Sermon eventually takes over, then I would probably put him into that bench stash role. Or, <laughs> like Josh mentioned, he's struggled with health his entire career, so he may end up on the IR. And then after all those guys, that's where I throw James Conner in, and I put him in on the bench. I don't want him taking up much of a role on my team. If, I, if I've if i got injury issues and or just bye weeks stacked up and I have to throw James Conner in there, I will, but I'm not high on James Conner at all. All right. Yeah, I... I guess I, I'm similar on these guys, except I, as far as, if we're doing a dynasty startup draft, yes, give me Sermon first out of these four. Um, but as far as who I actually want to roll out there week one, that is not where I would land at all. Uh, he would be fourth on this list uh, just because Raheem Oster is going to get the start week one. Um, so I would rather keep him in that flex fill-in role until I see Sermon start to take over, which I'm sure he will do. It's just a matter of time. Um, but again, dynasty drafting, yeah, I'll take Sermon over, over Mostert for sure. Um, as far as Cardinals guys go, I, I'm always going to have a, have a soft spot for James Conner. I, I put him in my flex fill in spot just because I wouldn't have it any other way, uh, <laughs> since his days at, like <laughs> since his days at Pitt, have it your way. <laughs> since his days at Pitt, he has been one of my favorite football players, uh, period. So, uh, as long as he's fully healthy, then he can be very productive. He showed that in Pittsburgh when he was fully healthy. Uh, Chase Edmonds is also very good, uh, definitely underrated and under the radar in general. So it, it's exciting to see Chase Edmonds getting the chance to at least take half of a backfield, if not more than that. Yeah. So I was gonna. Uh, so, that's, so where do you sit on those two backs? I mean, would you, would you rather own? You mentioned Connor first, so I have to ask: do you, Would you rather own Connor than than Edmonds? And when and dynasty, how do you I'll feel take... that that backfield share, that split workload is gonna how that's gonna shake out? In Dynasty, I'll take Edmonds over Connor, uh, partially for the receiving work and partially because I think that at least in the early going, the carries are probably gonna split out either sixty forty to Edmonds or fifty fifty. Uh, I'm not sure which, but I don't see a scenario where Connor's out touching Edmonds immediately. It, it's gonna take injuries or just outperforming him to change that so yeah i'll take edmonds over connor i just i gravitate towards james connor all the time so yes uh that is natural for me but uh yeah i put both those guys um i had a mostert in dynasty just because mostert always gets hurt and now he's old and his his days are numbered as far as being a valuable fantasy asset so uh he'll be useful for a little while here and then probably in a season he won't be anymore um yeah, yeah I mean, let's I mean, jump Mostert into uh, 29 which is already right. getting up there for a running back and he's right. dealt with injuries his entire career so uh, yeah you know he there's a reason they drafted hell, sermon yes and uh, another guy i want to bring up elijah mitchell uh if your benches are deep enough you Very should good. roster elijah mitchell because uh behind Trey sermon is definitely waiting in the wings elijah mitchell who they drafted uh just a couple rounds later in this year's draft He's also really talented and 
fits the 49er scheme, and I think that they're going to have a hell of a tandem in Sermon and Mitchell over the next few years here as they probably start to phase out Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Uh, so if if you got the roster space, get Elijah Mitchell. That's that's a the, little that's almost team. like a little thunder and lightning action there, kind of a kind yeah. of deal. Yes, yes, sir, it is. Um, other uh, other names you guys want to bring up as either Ben Stashes or just guys on waivers to keep an eye on? Um, the only other one that I really wanted to talk about was just Xavier Jones. He's going to be backing up Daryl Henderson. And as you had touched on a little bit earlier, Ellis, Henderson's had trouble staying on the field. So if Xavier Jones is the next man up, I want to have a piece of that Rams offense. I think they're going to be clicking, firing on all cylinders this year. So I wouldn't mind having him. He is... You didn't see any action last year at all, but, I mean, he should see something. The coaching staff and beat writers have said that they're going to carve out a role for him. He's going to get touches each game, so I like that. And then um, you got Jeff Wilson Jr., somebody just kind of throw on your bench and for waiver wires for later once he comes back from injury and possibly next season. I mean, he was really good last year with Mostert out, mm-hmm. but I think that's going to be Sermon's backfield, so you might need to wait for Jeff to find a new home somewhere else. And then um, just for Ellis, I, DJ, DJ Dallas, Dallas. That's, that's who I was going to bring up. <laughs> you know, I he's not – I you know, if you look back at his tape in Miami, he got a lot of opportunity. I didn't see anything extremely special – out of him, but I think that he, you know, he's not flashy athletic. He's not a big bruiser. He's just, just a good, just a good steady back. Uh, so I, again, I don't think that he's special or anything, but I think he's going to be, if let's say Chris Carson goes down, I, th- I, I'm just out on Rashad Penny, uh, entirely. So if, Carson goes down. I think that they could throw DJ DJ Jelly Gel Dallas in there, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't think that name's gonna stick, man. <laughs> we gotta we gotta start somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so i i would I would own him. I would own I would own DJ over over Penny. Just be I, Penny is. I think Penny's done, and. I'm I'm glad that you brought up Elijah Mitchell, Rick, Wayne Gallman. Get the fuck out of here. He's he's you know right yeah. now Wayne Gallman's up there in <laughs> ADP and he's on that depth chart, but he blows. So uh, don't waste your time on any and on owning Wayne Gallman at any point this year. Yeah, uh, I Jeff Wilson is a good football player. It's too bad that now he's on the 49ers that have a massive running back room and he's injured. If, if they hadn't drafted a bunch of guys, then Wilson would be worth stash, stashing. And, it, you know, really is like we'll the perfect storm. Yeah, for him everything up... went wrong. Yeah. After after just dominating any time that he was on the field last year. So, you know, maybe someday he ends up on another team and we can bring his name up again. But uh, until something changes. I think we can we can let Jeff Wilson sit on waivers. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's dive into quarterbacks. Let's let's see let's see how this shakes out with a couple of couple of 49ers competing. Uh, but first, let's start at the top. Uh, I put Kyler and Russell as my week one starters. I'm guessing uh, that that's probably even the same order for you guys. Kyler then Russell. Yep. Yeah. Same 
Same as where do you jealous? You like to hate on Kyler. No, but, so, uh, what do you think? I was just gonna. I I don't like <laughs> to hate on him. I think that he's a fine player. He's a fine man. He's probably got, you know, good 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 qualities. You know, maybe he's you know does stuff for the community. I just don't think I. When you guys think that he's a top two <laughs> fantasy quarterback, and you'd rather have him, I over don't remember Josh, saying that. You took him over Josh Allen. <laughs> That's correct. Okay, so who's at number two then? If it's not Josh Allen, All right, or Kyler, yeah, you're, you're right. Maybe it is Kyler. So <laughs> that's my that's uh, my point. Lamar, maybe. Okay, well, I I just I have him. I just think that Kyler his I would I I do have him above Wilson. I do have him as a tier one. I have Wilson as a tier one, and I do have Kyler above Wilson both in redraft and in dynasty. I just don't understand the argument of taking Kyler over Josh Allen. I will never understand that. It's not an... Josh Allen is only one year older than Kyler. Josh Allen is about a foot taller than Kyler. He weighs about 100 pounds more than Kyler. I mean, I'm exaggerating here, but... I... <laughs> little, Just a little. <laughs> I, I don't... I just don't... I, I don't see where you guys like, you know, if he's how you have him above Josh Allen. I think durability has yeah, so. to play a factor. And it seems like you guys, last time we discussed this, you guys very much enjoyed ignoring the fact that durability plays a factor, both in terms of how many weeks he's going to play in a season and just overall length of career. Yeah. So like you said, Kyler does give back to the community. He, uh, like I said, immediately he's upon getting man. drafted, he he teamed up with a with a program that uh, helps helps provide free lunches for uh, school kids in need uh, throughout the Arizona and Greater Phoenix area. Uh, so yeah, he, he outstanding person. Uh, Josh, you got any any hot takes here? No, I just stand by my comment. All right, <laughs> let's uh, ten episodes. Ago. <laughs> Let, just, let's move I on. No, because uh, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. So. Would it make you feel better, Jell, if we did a warm beer chug bet? Yes, Josh let's Allen do it. Kyler Mark it this fucking year. down. That's I, I'll get in on that as well. Cha-ching. Right. You on my, I'm assuming Kyler. Yeah, I'll here. take the Kyler side of that. Are yep. you both Sounds in good. it? Are you both in on this? We're both in. Yeah, do I have to drink in, two beers? Two warm beers, or can I just drink you one to, if I lose? <laughs> you can. I think if you, you know what? lose it. for bringing it's it up two. again, it's, you have to. We're doing two separate bets, okay? It's going to be two beers because I'm was, that confident that okay. Josh Allen outperforms. All right. Okay. I was going to say that if you do lose, I think you have to stone cold them too. <laughs> but but you can slam them both over your head. But you can't. Beer. Oh. Hot beer. You can't spill. You can't spill any of it. You have to drink every drop. Maybe I'll have, maybe, how about this? I have four total beers. Two of them I stone cold. <laughs> then I throw to the side. Then I chug the other two. I mean that would work, but you know I don't know how I can wasteful. stone cold without ch- yeah. without spilling. That's you know that's gonna be Put them a in challenge. water bottles. All right, moving on. We got the warm beer chug. That's yeah. that's this is <laughs> I am pumped. I cannot wait. All right, so uh, I'm guessing that that covers it for week one starters because Trey Lance is not starting week one. So uh, flex I don't feelings. know about that. I've got I've got Stafford in there. Would you like to? Would you like to put? Oh, oh, Stafford, of course. Yeah, I've got Stafford uh, in yeah, there as a week one I mean, starter. Low okay, end, where, you know, so like, not be a I'm top, guessing, not yeah, be a 10, 11, 12. Anything, but yeah, if you're doing it, it, let's assume a twelve person league. Yeah, you're somebody's okay. going to be starting Matt Stafford, but 
Yeah, that's fair. I'll let I'll let that. You know, and he's I, only, I, I'm he's sure only he'll end up in that. It feels older because he's been starting for that's the last true. 13 years or whatever, but he's still only 32. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I would take him over all of those other 35-year-old-plus vets who right. also might finish near the I mean, back you, of the you, I would assume you'd take 12. Stafford over Matt Ryan in I'd take, this, yeah, so. over Matt Ryan, And we, we Ryan, keep bringing, and not, Tom, not to Tom just bash Brady. Matt Ryan, not, again, nothing personal against Matt <laughs> Ryan. We've just brought him up every time. It's like low-end quarterback that may you may end up having to start. That's, again, the Stafford so, that I would, but I would rather have Stafford over, over Matt Ryan, no question. How about uh, Ryan Tannehill? I would take Tannehill. Yeah, I'd take Tannehill too. Okay, just Tannehill stayed healthy. Okay, granted Stafford played through a lot of injuries last year, but he just seems to have that injury. Well, do you do you remember? Stay I mean, it feels healthy. like every Thanksgiving they'll go they'll put up the graphic of you know of just like a diagram of. Uh, of Stafford's body, and they'll All be the like, spots they'll just like have like a, pull, like a <laughs> something coming out of his back, be like, you know, broken vertebrae, like just like, <laughs> all this like insane shit that he's like that he's played through. So I don't know. I I guess I say he's thirty two. Maybe it feels like he's older because he's gone through all that shit and he's played through it. So right. he may not age the same way that you know Brady is, uh, because more probably more like Brett Favre, where he's going to be done at thirty seven, uh, but. That's still five years. That's still four or five years. So, I put him in that in that yeah. week one starter, no question. Okay, um, one more. Just uh, Joe Burrow or Matt Stafford? Oof. Redraft. Oh, that is a redraft. You got a difference here. Well, a difference between dynasty, redraft I'm and dynasty. Gonna take, I'm going to take dynasty. Burrow. Burrow. If it's redraft, so redraft. Let's say redraft. That's, then. that's a good this one. Season. Um, I probably I probably At this go point Stafford. in time. I, yeah, at this point in time, with the news coming out of Bengals camp, that Joe Burrow just see chugging dogs that we talked on last week. Yeah, chugging dogs. <laughs> that uh, I think I go Stafford. Okay, the upside of the Rams offense. Okay, yeah, I, I probably would do the same in redraft. Um, all right, let's uh, let's jump into some more flex fill-ins. Uh, is is Trey Lance going to land in this category for you, fellas? Yeah, I actually for dynasty have him as my number three. I've got him in front of Stafford. Me too. In right dynasty, now. you have him at three. Um, yeah, ahead of Russell or behind Russell. Yeah, yeah I guess correct. Yeah, Russell's only thirty-two, and Russell he hasn't missed a game his entire career. So I'd rather take the what I know and what I've seen versus what hasn't happened yet. So that's the only reason I have Russ in the two spot ahead of him. I really like Trey Lance. I thought he looked pretty good over the weekend in that preseason game but again that's one game and he'd be in my week one starter in that three spot instead of the flex if we knew he was going to be starting from the get-go but we still don't know if he's going to actually be starting yeah that's fair yeah I mean, for it'll be tricky to see go ahead Joe. I, for i mean for di- dynasty wise i've got him probably landing there at maybe six or seven overall behind you're Mahomes, Lamar, Dak, not in this order. Mahomes, Lamar, Dak, Allen, Kyler, Herbert. Then I would probably throw Lance in there. I don't know if I'm too high on him, but I see. I just see so much potential, and I love him with Kyle Shanahan. The only, I mean, that that just leaves the only guy ahead of him over these last two drafts when we've had is it a total of eight first round QBs go. The only but the only guy ahead of him is Herbert. And that's biased, you know, not 
too much of a margin. So I, I guess I'm I'm high on Lance. I put him as I put him right behind Kyler in Dynasty. I put I would then put Russell right behind Lance. But I get the I get the fact I get what you're saying, Josh. I mean. Russell is the known commodity and he's still, you know, like you said, he's 32 and he has said he wanted to play, he wants to play into his forties. So you might get another good eight to 10 years out of him. Yeah. I'm split on those two. I love the potential of Lance and I think he's going to work out. I'd probably still take the known commodity in Russell, but I just wish the Seahawks would. They don't let hashtag their Russ offense. cook. They don't hashtag yeah. let Russ cook. No, they'll let him why, do it for like four don't. games and then they stop. Yeah, it's it's obnoxious. So I that that part pisses me off, and that's what makes me hesitate and say maybe Lance is the answer here. But uh, as long as Pete Carroll's there, they're going to want to run the ball and, and play hard defense. Yeah. Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. That's what all defensive coaches yeah. do. They like to run the Even ball. Even when they have shitty defenses. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, are are we putting Garoppolo as a waiver wire guy, just not worth having, or any reason to bench stash him? Super flex. Go I've got ahead. bench stash until. right now until he uh, until he loses his spot to Lance. Then okay. once once he loses his starting role to Lance, then you can feel free to drop him. Sure. Yeah, that's where I have him too right now. I've got him kind of as like the I almost say like waiver wire. Personally, on my teams, I'm not going to have Jimmy G anywhere. He's not going to be relevant after the first couple games if Trey Lance does sit for a couple games. But I just don't really see it. I mean, he's 29, so he's still age is still on his side right now. But what's his health going to be like? I mean, he hasn't played in an entire season his entire career. I mean, granted, yeah, he was back up for Brady in New England for a while, but since he's gone to San Francisco, he hasn't played a full season. And where's he going to end up? I mean, they're not going to be paying him all that money to be a backup quarterback. He's going to end up either getting cut and they're going to eat some money or a quarterback starving team is going to come in and trade for him, and we'll have to see where he ends up there. But I'd put him more on, like, the waiver wire side as a bench stash. But that's just me. Yeah, I I think I'm probably just not going to have him anywhere but i would understand if someone did choose to bench stash him uh i just unless you're in a super flex i feel good enough about potential waiver wire qbs that i'll just pick one of them up if i'm in that desperate need of a situation um any other qbs to touch on i'm guessing not but uh just want to make no, sure pre- it's a it's a pretty stable qb division honestly but yeah. outside of you know Strong i mean, you know we've got lance and jimmy g that's the only right the only other one that I like just as, I mean, this is just more to just kind of see if it ever plays out, but Bryce Perkins, uh, he's with the Rams right now out of Virginia. He was out last year, didn't play at all, but I mean, he was putting up monster numbers for Virginia when he was there. So, I mean, he was throwing for 3,000 plus yards, 12 touchdowns or 22 touchdowns, and then <laughs> ran for another 811, Ooh. 800 yards, 11 touchdowns. So, I mean, he's somebody that was a fun player to watch in college. I don't think it's going to transition over to the pros at all, especially. I think he's riding either second or third right now on the depth chart there, but just somebody I always had fun watching in college and was on my fantasy team. So, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and now, guys, let's jump over to wide receivers. And for the sake of time, I think we can probably gloss over these first two. Let's uh, collectively agree that DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins are our one and two 
uh, both in the week one starters category. Of course, DK Metcalf might be in that running for, you know, top five dynasty wide receivers in a startup. Um, are you guys just content with that and we can move on to the other week one starters? Content. Yep. That's my one, two. All right. Uh, in that case, uh, I had five more in my week one starter category. That would be Ayuk, Debo, Lockett, Cup, and Woods in no particular order. I haven't quite settled on the order because these guys are pretty similar for different reasons. Um, is that is that where you guys align or, or where you differ on that? No, I, I've got I've got the same five, or I've so I've got four of the same five. I've got Lockett as somebody I'd rather put into a flex spot than a week one starter in a okay. in a wide receiver one or two spot. Uh, you know, we I know we've touched on this before, but and I, you know, he ended up as a top ten, I believe, finished as the wide receiver nine overall last year, which of course would shock anybody. Uh, but that's because over. Over that entire season, he he over a over three games throughout the entire season. Jesus Christ! In three games, he recorded forty eight point seven percent of his points. That accounted for the entire season total. Whatever, fucking a. Hopefully, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I am not. I am not doing well with words right now. But uh, words and numbers, two words things that are, are important, and I am struggling in both categories. <laughs> Thank you, Stoughton High. Uh, <laughs> so I put him into where I would, I would throw him into a flex spot. The other four: Ayuk, Debo, Cup, Woods. I would be fine in either tier one or tier two. Yeah, I've got all five of those. I'm on in line with you, Rick. I've got those five as week one starters. The order I kind of have penciled in right now, I mean, they're all kind of interchangeable depending on who. I, none of them I'd really want as my wide receiver one. They're more wide receiver twos. Yeah, I think for you the week say one that starters, about all but of them. it kind of depends on. Yes. Yeah. Other than, yeah. Including DK. These five guys. <laughs> yeah. Rather have them as my but, wide receiver um, two. Oh yeah, I mean that'd be a solid wide receiver group. Devontae and DK. Two, but, Good God, but, but, uh, loaded. Yeah, no, and I've that's got, how you end up with uh, those shitty running backs that we were talking about earlier. Yes, where you've got James all Conner of my drafts. <laughs> yep. Yeah, running through order quick. I've just got. I have Cup. I really like him for PPR leagues. He's just a monster with catches and with Stafford there now. I like. I like his outlook for this season. Uh, like you, Rick, with your soft spot for James Conner, I got Joe up, up next. Boy. If he can stay on the field, he's just uh, he is my <laughs> boy. But uh, he's uh, he's just so solid. He just injuries have been his big concern right now. I've got his teammate Brandon Ayuk up next, and then I've got Tyler Lockett, and then Bobby Trees. So that's the order I've hashed out right now. Okay, yeah. I, I think I think I would take uh, Bobby Trees over Lockett, probably, and then. Uh, Debo and his chiseled jaw, I just don't think that I'm going to have him anywhere because of how much he gets hurt and how high everyone else wants to yeah. draft him. So I, I get it. And if he stays healthy for a full season, then, yeah, that'll be a blast to watch. But I don't want to be the one to bank on that with my fantasy season. But, yeah, I, I get it. I get that order for sure. I have Ayuk um, higher than all five of those guys or the other four of those guys. Uh, he's really, it sounds like and looks like he's really showing out in camp. 
I love the prospects of him being him and Lance that combo. And he's shown that with Jimmy, even with Jimmy, well, shoot, even with CJ Beathard near the end of the season, that that CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins uh, dynamic duo at quarterback for the Niners uh, last season after Jimmy got hurt. Ayuk, especially, you know, towards the end, looked amazing. I think Ayuk's going to eventually take over that wide receiver one role, not necessarily because of talent, but I think that. I think that Shan- Kyle Shanahan would rather have Ayuk as the top receiver, knowing that he can count on him week in, week out, where he can't necessarily, you can't say the same thing about Debo, just with, just with Debo's uh, injury history. So I go Ayuk, then I put Debo right behind him, because I think Debo, is ta- his talent is unmatched. I mean, or it's, it's you know, it's incredible. Uh, then I go Cup. Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, and then I throw Lockett in. Yeah, that all that all makes sense to me. Uh, and you know, of this group of five incredible names, I think that Brandon Ayuk might also have the best name. So um, Ty goes to the best name. Ty goes to uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's badass. I like it. Ayuk, hell yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's jump over to Flex Phelan's. Uh, Wish for it was me, Debo Ayuk. If that was his real, if that was his one of yeah, one yeah. Of his if you names, could combine the two, Debo Ayuk, that'd, that be, would be, that'd be even that's, better. That'd be yeah. next level uh, baby name book. I'd like to go for a hike in the <laughs> Ayuk Woods. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's jump over to the flex fill in category. I've got one guy in this category in Rondale Moore. Uh, between his his you know youthful age and. Uh, extreme speed and his ability to kick defenders into the dirt uh i i think he's going to have a good career as long as he can stay healthy so for that reason uh you know i'm a little hesitant at first but i want to see him stay healthy for a little while and build that rapport with kyler and then i think he's going to be great and i'm looking forward to his career as it as it evolves you guys agree with him in that category yeah, he's the only one that I had in that flex fill-in spot. I really liked him as somebody that drafted him in our Dynasty League. I uh, really like his prospects. He's somebody that is kind of in that Debo, Brandon Ayuk role, so I'm excited to see him in that Arizona Cardinals offense. And, yeah, just as long as he can stay healthy. He's had a good camp so far, so I'm excited for the season to start. I put, I put Rondale yeah. down a spot just to at least to start off the season. Uh, I... He's 5'7", he's, you know, 5'7", 181, which makes him shorter than Devontae Smith, but also still weighing more. He's got, he did run an incredible 40. They picked him in the second round for a reason. But over his last two years at Purdue, his his freshman year was incredible. All-American first team for in, in that all-purpose role, you know, whether that's returning, using him as a receiver, whatever, that all-purpose guy he was a first teamer his freshman year but his sophomore year he only played a few games I think I think he played four games his sophomore year and then he was out for the rest of the year with a hamstring and then last year he had originally opted out for COVID he only played so he only started in three games last year I guess I have durability questions with anybody that's five foot seven so I struggle to put him into a high-end role you know that flex role just because of that durability factor but i do see there there's clearly upside and i think that it'd be him and the 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 pairing of him and kyler 
I could see just that being a, such a dynamic combo that I do think that it's possible mm-hmm. that he could be a he can yeah. be a really sweet fantasy factor. But I just I would struggle to own him in Dynasty because of that. Again, going back to the durability concerns. So I put him as I put him in a bench role with you know and and let's make him show it to me that he can that he can be a beast. All right, so that'll then bring us down to the uh, bench stash players. Uh, Josh, why don't you hit me with uh, who who you want to stash out of this group? Um, out of this grouping, I, there isn't really anybody that I'm like excited, I guess, to bench or stash. All these guys that I'll list off here, kind of grouped into like a bench stash or just kind of a waiver wire, depending on, I guess, your thoughts on them. <laughs> I'm not super excited about any of them. I'd say the two that I have ranked highest are. Van Jefferson, just with his age being the third receiver right now in that Rams offense with Stafford there, just curious more to see what his role is. Everybody was kind of hyping him up a bit last year, and everybody was excited about him, but he never really looked that great. But granted, it was Jared <laughs> good, Goff back there. That's a necessary ball, point but... to make. Yep. <laughs> yes, so I'm excited to see, I guess, him with Stafford there, and I think Stafford can definitely support three wide receivers, so I'm Looking forward to him. Christian Kirk, if he can get out of Arizona, I think his time's done there. He's always been talented, but just never really took that next step. I mean, he had a decent year last year being that uh, second wide receiver, I guess, there. But I guess second or third, depending on what you think Larry Fitzgerald was. But, I mean, he had 600 yards, six touchdowns, so not too bad. And then more on the waiver wire area, I've got Dwayne Eskridge out of Seattle and – uh, all five foot nine, hundred and sixty-five pounds of two-two. That's well. big boy. <laughs> <laughs> big boy, right there. Yeah. Rick, any any other thoughts? I I've got a, I've got some differences here. So where do you, uh, Rick? Why don't you do your thing right now? Sure. Um, so for, I, out of this group, uh, give me Dwayne Eskridge as a guy that I definitely want to bench stash. He's not healthy right now, but. Being the potential third receiver on the Seahawks, I do want to have him on my roster. Um, he deserves to be on somebody's roster because there's just too much potential there for the future. Um, I I kind of agree on on Van Jefferson. I think he'll end up as the as the third receiver for Los Angeles. Anybody who shares the same first name as Van Wilder <laughs> deserves a roster spot. Uh, but uh, you got to have deep enough benches for that. Christian Kirk, uh, uh, I. Sadly, I think I it's time to put him on the waiver wire, at least for me, uh, until he gets to a new team, uh, like Josh said. Uh, 2-2, I think that he was only drafted to be a punt returner, as far as I can tell, so I'm not going to bother with that until something changes, and I just don't think anything will. And in a redraft scenario, or if you're just trying to skate by one more year in Dynasty with uh, you know, trying to, trying to win, it wouldn't be the worst thing to have A.J. Green deep on your bench, because... Rumors so far say that rapport is looking pretty good between uh, between him and Kyler. Uh, so you know there, there's a there's a world where AJ Green ends up as the wide receiver two for Arizona this year, and yeah, maybe he retires in a year or two after that. But um, in a short term sense, AJ Green may be worth having if you uh, if you have a need for it. Joe, what I do you agree think? with you a lot more than I agree with Josh. Pretty much everything that you just said, I can echo. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Second round pick, there's obviously a lot of intent to use him if you're going to take a receiver that high. 
I think what would be ideal for that offense is if they moved, they kept DK out wide, they moved Lockett into basically a permanent slot role. Somebody that can still, you know, you could wheel route him so he can still get down the field routes and shit. But and then they put Eskridge as that third receiver out wide as well. So I see I see Eskridge getting quite a bit of playing time, maybe not right away. But once he gets more comfortable in that offense, uh, maybe probably not the same. I wouldn't say that, you know, I I would be kind of nuts to say that he has the same potential as Devontae Adams. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying his rookie, Devontae Adams' rookie year, it was Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb as the top two guys, and Devontae Adams was that third receiver. Eventually, Devontae took over a roll out wide, and Cobb... And, and it did take Devontae did, a while. Right. Uh, and, and Cobb yeah. moved back into you know the slot where it feels like he really belongs. So I think that, that basically that exact same thing could happen in Seattle. And so that's where I've got, I've got uh, Eskridge locked in as absolutely a bench stash player van jefferson i could see him being bench stash or waiver watch i you know i just because it seemed like again basically going back to what you guys said about him seemed like he showed flashes but the production just wasn't there so i have him kind of on the border of bench stash slash waiver watch uh christian kirk for me waiver all the way Last year, I went back and forth on him like three times where I picked him up, dropped him, picked him up, dropped him. You know, he just put up a couple points every week and never panned out to be much. There was, uh, there's two other guys that I want to, okay, let's, there's one topic then, I guess, that I want to jump into. One year options, AJ Green, Deshaun Jackson, Muhammad Sanu. And Larry Fitzgerald, I would say probably no to all to those last three, but those are four guys that if you are gonna take them, that's gonna be a redraft only, very very late one year possibility. I wouldn't probably touch any of them myself. Maybe AJ Green, you know he's got you know as the as the dead arm. Uh, you know, given he's had a dead arm injury, I guess I guess we have no this choice but to kind of you know pimp him up a little bit. But yeah, I yeah yeah he's the only one I'd touch out of that grouping. I I <laughs> for redraft. I do want to call out Deshaun Jackson was a good name to bring up just because even in these last few years when he's been like you know hurt for fourteen weeks and healthy for three, when if, if you just pick him up and start him. When you need him and you know he's going into the week fully healthy, then there's a decent chance you'll be happy with the result. Uh, he just never stays on the field, and uh, it, that's that's why no one ever bothers to draft him high or uh, roster him because he's always hurt. But, uh, yeah, if if you can get him when you need him and he happens to be healthy, then then he's a fine waiver pickup just for a one-week rental. But, yeah, I, I don't want a full season to Sean Jackson. That would be a waste of a roster spot. There were two Niners that I also wanted to bring up real quick. Jalen Hurd, who right now is listed as the third wide receiver uh, in San Fran. You know, the thought was that, especially going into college, he was going to have major, you know, he was a five-star recruit. Something that I found out when I was looking up, when I was looking at his stats, his senior year in the title game at the for the state championship game in Tennessee, 394 rushing yards and seven touchdowns in that game. 
<laughs> insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe we should start playing high school uh, fantasy. Oh, that would be something. <laughs> but uh, so, but it sounds like you know, even with that upside, you know, he was a third round pick. It sounds like even with that upside, he's kind of losing ground in that wide receiver room in for San Fran. So I would take a look at Juwan Jennings. He's been getting really good reviews from Kyle Shanahan. As I'm not saying you need to draft him at all, but he may be he may end up being the third receiver in San Fran after after Debone Ayuk, you know, seventh rounder, and all that. Shan- Shanahan has just been raving about him in camp. So if you're a late round pick like that, and you get and the coach is behind you, that's kind of what you need to be able to get any any playing time. So. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I hate about that, I really like the upside and the potential of both of those guys. But if everybody else in front of them on the depth chart is healthy, they're the fourth receiving option in that offense with George Kittle being number one. You got George Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo. Maybe the all fifth after a running targets. back. And, yeah, even and, and after again, I'm not, back, I'm so saying that if that's if, the only, if, let's say Jamal Jennings are heard, you know, they solidify that third wide receiver spot, Debo gets hurt again then maybe one of them jumps into and yeah. every down or every, you know, possibly the, that second receiver in San Fran. So just something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, otherwise that should, uh, that should wrap it up for us uh, for the NFC West. And that means we have wrapped up our divisional breakdowns, which we are more excited about uh, than anyone. Uh, yeah, we are, we are, eager to to get into some other topics some other uh other ideas coming your way so we will be bringing that to you in the uh episodes to come uh we will also be getting into a little more college uh college ball as that season is ramping up and we do care about college players we care about devi leagues we uh we want people to be aware of who matters in college as far as you know what's what's coming down the nfl pipeline so uh we'll be we'll be bringing that your way too uh, you guys got some shout-outs you want to want to throw out there? <laughs> uh, yeah, presenting sponsor Anchor. Anchor have to uh, obviously give them a shout-out. Being a sweet, real sweet platform uh, for for us, uh, being able to, you know, again, free platform. We you can do all your editing on there. It's how I, you know how we are able to add in our advertisements, our you know the some of those like goofy sound effects that we throw in there all that shit so uh anchor absolutely presenting sponsor and you can and you can also listen to our podcast on the anchor app or anchor.fm uh other platforms to listen on apple podcast spotify iheart google pods uh uploading stuff onto youtube as well find us on instagram and on twitter at dead sports hit us up in the dms Throw us some questions, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll hopefully get a chance to read them on the air, or else we'll get back to you in the DMs. Yeah, yeah I just, yeah. I That'll, just, uh, when I was taking yep. notes uh, throughout this episode, my pen ran out of ink. Is there a more satisfying thing, like at all, than when you <laughs> are able to hang on to a pen long enough for it to run out of ink? I feel yeah, congrats so good. on not losing that for the last <laughs> ten years. It's satisfying, but it also pisses me off because yeah. then I usually don't know where another pen That's is true. right away. So then I'm like panicking, trying to figure out where I'm going to find one. Yeah, at that point you have old reliable, and it's no longer reliable. Yeah, 
All right. Well, we will uh, catch y'all on the next one. And thanks for joining us. Later, skaters. Later, skaters. <laughs>